0: No, no, no. Never mind. Forget it. Forget it. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> as dire as this is, we're going to get through this. We're uh, Well, we're going to get through this as a podcast, sure, but we're also going to get through this as a show, too, because with as many hard hit spots that was rough to get through, like smudges of oil on your clothings and your hair, uh, we're going to get all the stains out. We're going to move on, and we're going to actually find ways to get through this, even with sinus headaches. Uh, <laughs> so, oh... All right. Well, we're covering *Fear the Walking Dead* sixth episode of season six, titled "Bury Her Next to Jasper's Leg." Very interesting title for a very repetitive motif show that says a lot. And I feel like we're getting to the point of which many things are happening in the twist of this season too. Uh, you know, we're we're getting to the eighth, you know, to the eighth episode, which is our midway point, which is near and close to where we would normally find the twist or the turnaround. It's kind of like uh, playing poker. You get to the river, and then all of a sudden that last card drops and everybody goes, oh, I have that. I I can get a flush. You know, that sort of thing. So we're getting the hints of some things that we've actually been able to predict going forward. One of those things being sympathetic Jenny. We're starting to see a little bit of that. One of the other things that we have, I think, confirmed at this point is death cult. Yeah. Well, we're not still sure about Dakota. That's another thing.
1: I feel like we got a little bit of a clue there, though. I mean, Jenny kind of, I feel like, opened that window a little bit wider for us. Or it was a tactic.
0: I don't think it was. A th- yeah, well, we'll see. I, I honestly, you may be right. As we get into some of those those specific scenes, and as Sherryd says, no, no sympathy for Jenny, but I will find a way to change your mind. Maybe it's gonna be terrible I, I honestly, and hard it's gonna be terrible and hard but it might it, it might, might
1: it might be hard it might be hard for Sharon to, to have sympathy for Ginny but honestly I, I her and I were talking before the show too and I said Ginny made me feel things this episode that I didn't want to feel for her yeah <laughs> and, and and then after the episode I I like then I felt guilty for, for feeling, feeling those feelings things. yeah yes
0: yeah like I
1: felt like I w- I was tricked like Jenny even tricked me into mm. feeling sorry for her
0: <laughs> well it's not Ginny uh, you have to sort of feel guilty about, so it's it's literally taking three or four steps back to kind of look at this episode and realize that the show itself, like the people running it, the people trying to make you feel certain things, that's what's going on. Now it's, wouldn't it be meta if the if the if the show turned at the screen and goes, "Hey, it's not our fault. It's not Jenny's fault. It's Andrew and Ian. Yeah, they're doing this." You know, like it's like it's like. It's like when the cartoons rebel against the cartoonist. It's like it's uh-huh. like yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing um which is but again to say this is actually to say hey wow okay the writing here is good plot armor is missing is gone you know nobody has plot armor everybody's susceptible everybody's under attack even the villains which again like I like going back to because one of the great things about fear of the walking dead has always been well I guess maybe the walking dead too but fear of the walking dead has this way of making it seem until Jenny came around and Martha well Martha was the worst but but when Ginny came around, we almost thought like she was like a Negan. And in a sense, she definitely is. There are some scenes where I can kind of recall where she is. You know, we're going back to the roots where the villains are actually kind of complicated, kind of misunderstood, or there is more to them than just some sort of implacable wall. They're just the other side of where we are now. Nisa says, I was crying afraid June would kill Ginny because I didn't want Ginny to die. Yeah. And Charity saying, she's pulling the wool over your eyes, the con men parallel. So yeah, Rachel, what did you think this episode
1: (laughs) or or should
0: we avoid that question
1: (laughs) it was um heartbreaking first we see june unable to save malcolm in her mobile medical truck and um you know at at first we think okay june cares about people she's upset about losing a patient that that would be natural but I, i obviously think there's a lot more going on during that um i mean june wants to save everybody Yes, but I think even right now, it's even more of a drive for her because she knows that she can't save John. She's doing everything she can to save other people because John, she can't save John. John won't let her save him because he's not being honest with her.
0: He's crying out for help and not really saying what it is that he needs help with.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He he says he needs help. He tells her in the car, you know, you can save me by running away with with me, you know, save me from this place by coming with me. And I think she really considers it, you know, even though she thinks about the ramifications and what actually will happen. But I, I think she's she sees that John needs help. He's he's desperate to get away from these people. And then when Ginny promises promises the hospital, you know, June. June, June does a complete 180, and she's like, "No, no, no. It's it's okay now. We can, you know, we can be safe. Well, I don't know about safe, but you know, we can do something here. We can be useful here. Ginny's giving me what I want. She also threw in, you know, the threat of of this other unknown group, which is true. It, it, it is true, but I feel like it's another tactic to keep people close to Ginny too. You know. And then John, he can't. He just can't stay. He can't. Yeah either
0: well what's interesting about that hold your tears for one moment because what we find out in the last episode do you remember when we felt like we couldn't quite connect with sherry and dwight some most i think most people in some ways could not connect with sherry and dwight for whatever reason we can drill down on that but essentially it could be even just the fact that most fearheads don't really have that prior connection we sort of do and sometimes we find ourselves saying even though i uh like i know what happens in the walking dead i never really could connect with sherry and dwight because you know for for instance Dwight did stupid heinous things to Daryl to Denise Denise. uh, to a bunch of other people (laughs) which prevents us from maybe going to that bridge and we do feel something you know we do want them to be happy there is something about that like wanting a resolution knowing that Dwight was crushed but for some reason with as little as we know in some ways about John and June we still feel something for them because in some ways like we've said before like John has less baggage but and yet June has much and so (laughs) those Those two together there's a like oh i have what you need i have the ability to save you you have the ability to save me and they're not tainted by some other baggage and they still aren't but at the same time now we're starting to see that and it's coming from the outside external force but moving back one of the things that we said about sherry and dwight is that sherry needs to find her own way what morgan says in the prior episode the only reason why i am not in any way upset about john moving on to the right while they go to the left trying to find a new place with this hospital is is that part of me is kind of like John needs to find his way out of this, and we we've seen, and it's something to kind of note. We've seen John in this place before when he and Strand are stranded behind a, a flooded river, etc., and they can't really bust through, and they they have all these different natural resources that prevent him from getting getting out. You know, we see John lose hope, and we see June swoop in and you know cover for him, and then sometimes you know John will turn around, cover for her, and boost her spirits up and stuff like that. But we've seen John lose hope. We may may not have recognized it at the time or written it off but there's been multiple times where John feels like he's losing hope even in season five last year when he, he feels he sort of feels like he's giving up you know they're not going to be able to do what they need to do out there and you know, June is the one to kind of rally him and we see this over and over again and so I think trying the same thing over and over again for John and expecting a different result we can't always rely on the people that we love to save us from a certain situation and so I think John finding out on his own trying to maybe be a complete super super super, super John Dory three, which June, I think in this episode becomes that in ways that we never really expected. Um, John has to find his own way to find that level of competence. Cause I don't think even think John's reached super, super John, you know, in some <laughs> no, ways.
1: No, I, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. In, in some ways I think he's been stunted and talk about Morgan, Morgan, which by the way, Morgan doesn't feature once in this episode.
1: You know, I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah.
0: But there's a reason. (laughs) We usually
1: start and end Morgan. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Start and end, or there's some sort of thread of Morgan throughout a given episode, but there isn't at all. But there's a reason for that. One of the things that Morgan says in the last episode is that I was so insistent, and in, I'm going to paraphrase, I was so insistent in doing things my way that I didn't really see that I needed to adapt. I needed to be flexible, you know? I was always stuck on doing things a certain way that I didn't see a way to change and move forward and adapt. One of the biggest things about surviving an apocalypse is the adaptation, right? And so what, why that's important and why Morgan doesn't feature is that right on the heels of him saying that is an, is an episode that features Ginny, a little, you know, more or less. You know, really half the episode is, is Ginny and half the episode is essentially June and m- what you start to notice is that Ginny has to do things a specific way, not let everybody know her plan, kind of like Morgan. I mean, when Morgan does tell people what he's about, you know, but tells people, you know, you'll figure it out, you'll redirect, you'll find another way. But Ginny has her own plan, doesn't really let people in on it, doesn't really um change from this path how she saves the people or protects the people under her auspices, that sort of thing. And it's this weird, dark reflection of Morgan, who he was in season five, you know, that we're not doing careful, we're doing right which is why you don't really even need morgan in this episode you don't really need old morgan Sherindy and Nisa are kind of going through this. Uh, you know, Sherindy's saying, June thinks Ginny's going to honor her promises. Nisa says, maybe she will. Sherindy's also saying, I expect I, I always expected something bad to happen with John and June, but I never questioned their relationship. That's why the internal breakdown is so gutting. In season four, he was stranded with Strand and he lost hope. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's roughly the same time as the Dwight Sherry episode, because I think Terry, the driver John replaces, is River Dranger, Dr- driver Ranger Driver Guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, That's that interesting. Be, yeah. I never said his name in, in Honey.
0: Right. <laughs> when right. We see Paige, the woman who's running away from Ginny and her Rangers. The first thing I noticed was like how oddly close in demeanor she was to Sarah. Did you yeah, feel that? We-
1: I both thought instantly that it was Sarah trucking through the woods. And then when we saw her face, I'm like, oh, not Sarah. But they wanted us to think it was.
0: Or, or at least feel like this was the Sarah type character. You know? uh-huh. Talk uh-huh. about dark mirror reflections. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and like Sharon saying is that, you know, I thought it was Sarah at first. I was so scared thinking it was her. Nisa says, good. Because then we're all thinking the same thing. That's what the show is making us, designing us to feel like this is a Sarah type character. Oh, and another thing that was kind of odd was that when Ginny starts to mention the mill... Mm-hmm. You know, we all had a, a, did we all have a little jump? Like, oh, whoa, there are people manning the denim factory that they used to be in? Maybe? Did you think that?
1: oh no no i didn't i assumed they were i mean they were in the the forest and she was talking about like trapping trees down i assumed it was like a lumber mill
0: <laughs> right well i mean yes we eventually find that out but like when when they said oh you're you're manning them you know after ja- we buried jasper's leg or whatever and i was like like why oh, there are people manning the mill the denim factory with the place where they used to stay Would they say can i is anybody out there Blah. yeah nobody okay sure and then obviously they straightened it out but whatever but um but i mean i'm th- again like the reason why I mention that is because of like, okay, we thought that was Sarah. Okay, not. Okay, we thought that was the denim factor. Okay, it's not. <laughs> But like, they're trying, this is the thing, it definitely isn't. But what they're trying to evoke are these feelings of who these people are. Of course, a person that resembles Sarah. Okay, we're going to see Sarah soon. And they're trying to like boot up our computers to think about who Sarah was. They're also trying to boot up our computers to remember season five as well. Like, okay, they were out there. They were trying to help people. They really couldn't. They really couldn't manage it. And yet, we move on to the next scene, just to kind of jump ahead and then maybe I'll jump back. But what's the first thing that we hear? in contrast to Season 5. And it wasn't even the beginning of Season 5 where we heard this. We had a couple of episodes in before we jumped back to like a, a flashback of them at the mill. L- Logan eventually driving up post-flashback of them trying to get people to help and they couldn't reach anybody. But the first thing that we hear once we get into the truck, you know, or the camera gets into the truck, is all these mm-hmm. cries for help, mm-hmm. which is a stark contrast to the mill that we know with the Denim Factory from the from the last season, which I thought was very, very interesting. You know, now it's all of a sudden everybody's calling calling for help instead of them trying to find people who need help. So now you, that's important moving forward because that, basically influences every decision June makes in this episode how desperate they were to help people and how now they're in an opportunity to help many people and so let's hold that there uh, let's go back to the bullfrog bullshit (laughs) obnoxious Ginny is is obnoxious but the only thing I wrote about it really was that her thing rhymed I was about to bury the frog he sucked his stomach right back up into his mouth hopped away like it was any other day turns out some frogs vomit up things they'd rather not eat in the most peculiar way (laughs) and I thought Okay, okay, show. I see you. The thing that I might have gotten out of that of Ginny's story, because there's the show doesn't say anything by accident, is that, and this is what I wrote. You tell me what you think, but the the essence of the story is that the bullfrog. She thought the bullfrog was dead when she was a kid, and it turns out the frogs spit up some things they don't eat in the most peculiar way, and and she says to Paige. Dum dum, sometimes you think something's dead when it's not. And this comes up a lot in the episode. She tells the, you know, better. To, sometimes it's best to know to take out some dogs to pasture. And, you know, so she's really countermanding her own words. And then yet she needs to know that she's not disposable later on in the episode. But there's something deeper going on here. And for some people, that's really true. And I wrote in big, bold letters... <laughs> (laughs) Sometimes the past isn't dead. And also because Ginny dies doesn't mean the ideas die with her also. It doesn't eliminate all the threats. This is going to come back. And so... When I say the past is dead, like, okay, so you think about the bullfrog, you also think sort of, kind of, by the end of the episode, John. You know, for John, it's not over for him. His past is not dead. And with every single character, we notice that they need to let the past die in order to move forward, you know, in some way. In some meaningful way. And for John, it's just taking a little longer. But also for Ginny in some ways, I feel like we're starting to see that in some weird freakish way, Ginny is going through the same things that our gang is going through. As much as we don't care for her. <laughs> yeah. There is something going on there where she's being you know, she's kind of playing catch up as well. She's seeing herself finding herself rubbing against her own ethos and finding out that we can't keep doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. And also there's a very important question by the end of the episode. And this is something I ask you guys, let's say June let Jenny die. Do you think it would have been over?
1: No, no, absolutely. Like you just said, the ideas are not going to die with Jenny, Jenny. I mean, Hill and Marcus are right there. I think either one of them would, uh, been glad to step into leadership role.
0: Yeah. And well, continue
1: whatever vision was.
0: Yeah. And even considering the threat, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if Ginny's gone, that, that threat is still out there. That just because she's gone doesn't mean the threat is.
0: Right. Now, do you think it would have been more effective? They would have been more effective to take out that threat without Ginny or with Ginny? That's another thing, too. And it's a hard question. I don't blame you for not it is, answering. We don't,
1: it, it, it is a hard question to answer because we don't, we know just as much about this death cult as anybody. I mean, it seemed like Ginny, well, Ginny might know more than what she's letting on. But we really have no information about this group. So I don't know. I've I've always said knowledge is power. So if Ginny really does have knowledge of this group, I think it would be beneficial to keep her around and use the information she has. And the
0: ability to wrangle all the rangers and to gather resources. And I mean, Uh,
1: she's She's also smart enough to convince June that she knows enough to keep herself alive. I think that for me, the the bullfrog story was all about this scene. Yeah, Jenny was vomiting up what she needed to, to stay alive.
0: Mm, That's a very interesting way to put it. Yeah.
1: Sharon Sharon Day and I were discussing it beforehand. And I think, I think her and I kind of said landed on the same idea here that you know Ginny's the bullfrog here
0: <laughs> which you know that goes both ways though so to, to say the quote precisely it turns out some frogs vomit up things they'd rather not eat so which assumes that maybe Ginny's been doing all this and it's been hurting her the entire time too like okay the bullfrog has to vomit up things in a very peculiar way because it cannot handle what is what it's mm-hmm. trying to dish you know what it's trying to intake you know she's trying to the bullfrog is trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result so eventually it has to vomit out its stomach. <laughs> So and that's and her sh- vomiting out her stomach.
1: Yeah, and Charity saying, you know, and now she'll suck it back in and hop away as if it's just another day. You know, this conversation that her and June had was was just between the two of them. So it's really you know, she said she said scenario.
0: Yeah, maybe. But then oh, no, But Ginny Ginny is one less hand though, so it's not like
1: But she's a left, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is she left? That- <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has a left yeah. Oh, that's yeah.
0: interesting. Okay. Okay. Well,
1: you see shooting the shooting the walkers with her left hand so
0: Mm, okay okay (laughs) well but yeah but yeah she is one less hand though so even if it isn't her dominant hand it's like it's not as if she she could walk away as though it's any other day which there's the irony i think a little bit you know she can't and you even see her a little bit change like by the end of it too as she's driving away before she's driving away
1: i I wanted to see that too i i really did but you didn't no i i did I, i i definitely saw that on her face i just don't know yet if I believe it. I don't know. I... The... What she says about Dakota and just needing to hear her voice, honestly, that that was the moment that Ginny got me to cry. I I thought this is this is a real human moment. You you almost just died. Of course, the first thing you want to hear is is a loved one's voice. You know, even if she is a little psycho, Nisa, <laughs> which I'm still on board with. I mean, the the comment that she says to June, I think she says it to to get June on her side. But I think there might be a little bit of truth to it when she's taught. Yeah, when she says I love her or I I did love her.
0: Well. That, that I think, was more her resigning herself to dying.
1: Sort of coming to grips with with her death. I, I thought the same thing, too, at first. But then the second and third time I watched it, I thought... Maybe it's not about her about to die. I mean, maybe we've been saying all along Dakota's Dakota's not right, you know. And maybe Ginny's feelings for her are now just about protection and and not so much love anymore. Which I don't know. That's hard to wrap my head around. But the second and third time I watched it, I didn't feel like Ginny was accepting her death when she said that. When she said, "I did love her," you know. And then she says to June, "You don't know what it's like to love someone so much and not be able to help them." One, Sharon, pointed this out to me during our conversation she said that to june specifically because she knows damn well june does know what that feels like and saying that to june is going to get june to sympathize with Ginny and what's going on so she draws oh, a man. connection to she she brings in the the connection that she has to dakota and all of a sudden june sees her as a human mm. and i think that saved her life
0: so you think Ginny knew that she was oh god i'm i'm having a hard time not but it's hard because I
1: think Jenny was Doing everything she could to convince June to save her.
0: Well, yes, for sure, for sure, and maybe I'm not looking past the surface. it's entirely possible because I like what you're saying. Because I mean, the way the way I I took it was more like you know, if it's not me, then who is it going to be? And I felt like in a way, Ginny was kind of like handling handing the torch to her and saying, "I know you want to save people. I know that's what you do. I know." And let's let's I'm going to drill down on this further before I move back to this point. One of the big things that I noticed in this episode is that June's thing is taking what we learned in season five about all of these people trying to help people and I feel like at first the thing about Ginny that we find out by the end of Malcolm dying is that you know they've been running 29 hours they've been on no sleep they move everywhere to try to help people and yet they always get there too little too late what I realized by the end of this episode and then watching it again that was by design also she did the same thing to June as she did to John the illusion of being able to help people when meanwhile or like yeah maybe they help people now and again maybe they finally get to them we confirm this by the end of the episode as they're having this back and forth with June's axe on Ginny's neck. Ginny's trying to convince June to save her, while June is giving directions on taking the shrapnel out of Wes's stomach. Right, and then by the end of it, she yes she. The first thing that comes about is that Wes is okay, and then June I, I, June eventually saves Ginny. But what Ginny says just before that, she says, "Looks like looks looks like you finally got to help someone," which means that. Ginny was less concerned about helping people as it is as she was wanting June to spin her wheels to break her spirit. What's weird about the end of her statement is that in a weird way, I feel like... It was her saying, looks like you bested me in a weird way. Mm -hmm. You moved past what I wanted to accomplish with you. And in a way, that is a reflection of what's going on as well. Because by the end of it, I feel like June has gained some sort of mastery over Ginny. Like she has something over Ginny that nobody has ever gotten to have, essentially. Maybe some sort of weird leadership. Because by the end of it, after she chops her hand off, she goes, we should talk.
1: Yeah. I I just have such a hard time believing anything Ginny says. You know what I mean? She she does say we should talk, but she doesn't start talking. Like what? What are you waiting for? Spill your guts. You know, if you have something to say, say it. Don't schedule a time to talk about it later.
0: Say it. Don't spread. Sorry <laughs> I have to break out of that for a second. Because <laughs> she was doing um, a lot of that earlier, <laughs> like yell when she was yelling. She's like, <laughs> it's like yelling at everybody. You, I'm gonna talk to her, Whether you like it or not. And then everybody dies. I don't care. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> but you're right. Well, and then, like, but but I feel like she's been doing- through a lot. <laughs> So sure. I don't blame her. Yeah. She looks very groggy.
1: Yeah. I mean Ginny definitely went through some shit this episode too. Definitely. We've always said, you know, don't underestimate Ginny. I think she knows exactly how to take advantage of a situation. If she sees an opportunity, she's gonna she's gonna do it. You know what I mean? And and I think she saw that. I don't know. You know, Luciana even says when when June gets back on the truck and says, they all hey, do <laughs> Yeah, we got the hospital, and Lucy's like, why would Why would you even think that? Like, why would you believe her? Right. Why do you believe her? And I kind of thought the same thing. Why do you believe her?
0: Until, like, Wendell shows up, and then you're like, maybe. Yes, I I don't uh, know about you. I don't know. Maybe. I,
1: I, okay, first of all, I cried my face off when Wendell showed up. and Because Smalls Sarah was making
0: right. it, Sarah- setting me off?
1: Sarah's reaction, like oh okay we're just gonna grace right past that (laughs) i I just dried up i just dried up let's keep it this way um but we also know Ginny doesn't often reward people i mean she rewarded john in the same way so can we really trust she's bringing wendell back
0: when you said reward you said in quotes right reward
1: yes Yes, okay yes i can always tell from
0: the sound of your voice
1: when i'm using quote fingers yeah. yeah so you know bringing wendell back could just be a further tactic i feel like everything Ginny does Ginny's like a walking dead writer she doesn't do anything by accident yeah
0: <laughs> although what's interesting about what happens here is that not only does she get the hospital she basically can ask for anything it feels like june of Ginny because maybe yeah well not just that in a way they have a mutual understanding this weird you are now on par with me. This is what I was getting at before is that you and me just went through something. I you had no reason to spare my life. None whatsoever. And yet the thing of it is, is that it's not as if you need me. You could like it's almost as if Ginny said, It's not as if you need me. I am just asking you this to take care of Dakota. You are strong enough. I've seen you. You stood up to me. You know what's what. You care about people, but you are smart enough to know that you will get to the bottom of something. If it comes down to between you and John, let's say even, you know, you don't need me anymore. You could, you could run this whole fucking place. This is the impression that I got by the end of it is that June could run this thing. And yet she spares her life because ultimately what June really wants is not the power. She wanted what she wanted to do back then. A, she wanted to stop running for once in her goddamn life. Instead of the solution being running away, she wants to stay. And B, she wants to help people. She wants to feel like she's making a difference this time around. You know, something that she felt like she was starting to get at the Simon. And eventually, that got taken away from her.
1: Do you know what I just thought of? What just when you're talking about, you know, how Ginny and June have, have gone through some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What does that sound? That sounds like brothers in arms, right? We were just talking about that on World Beyond.
0: And Marines, yeah.
1: And Marines, and and this bond that that soldiers go through when they have an experience like this, you know, much like what Ginny and June just went through. So maybe there is a little mutual respect after that. Maybe. Yeah. I'm willing to say
0: <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Again, all. All of this maybe. But right. at the same token, all of these are impressions. Now, these are the things that imprint on you. What it means later on, we don't know, but these are impressions. Let me just say something as Sharon D. just said. June did what she thought was right, though it cost her everything, much like John was willing to give up everything to do what she thought was right, what he thought was right. It was, yeah. And that's very interesting. So I want to drill on that a little bit more. When we see June at first, you know, in the collapsed shack, bunker, whatever, the first thing June does is basically <laughs> run away from Ginny, basically going directly directly against her ethos of helping people. This is, must have mm-hmm. been very, very, very difficult for June. You don't know what it's what it's like to to not be able to help someone, that sort of thing. You know, she has her husband in her head. She has Malcolm in her head. She has all these other people she's trying to help, Wes, and all these other people who turned, who she saw turn, I think, right in the back of the truck? Yes. She just saw them turn. She just put a couple of those people down. That must be frustrating. And then she turns around on Janine and goes, this is your fault. You, you made this happen. Instead of just letting me treat these people, you know? And so Mm -hmm. now she's almost, she's not facing off against Ginny. She's facing off against herself. She's going against her own ethos, you know, and saying, fuck policy and procedure. This is the way. (laughs) But what's interesting about what ends up winning the day is she does not do what John does. What I mean by that is that John has to run away from his principles. John is the fighter. John is the person who sticks around Morgan, the Clarks, to help them out through this thing. Althea, let's say, to help them out, even though he has another mission. He always stuck around. He tried to rally Strand, you know, when they were stranded at wherever it was, uh, at the flooded river whatever, with the alligator. You know, he did his best and, and, and it cost, him, you know, at at, at his own personal cost. Now he's acting against his ethos. He needs to take care of himself. Keep in mind, what I'm not saying is this is wrong. Also, (laughs) John needed to think of himself a long time ago in a weird way. You know, John was initially trying to do that at first, like thinking mistakenly, I need to leave society because I need to punish myself. And then he goes out into the world again, helps Morgan, helps Althea, helps the Clarks, eventually Nick, etc. And then, you know, does his best. And then finally for once he has to kind of think of himself and I think that that's the right thing to do to be honest and June is finally instead of thinking of herself running away you know taking care of herself taking herself out of society just like John used to do now she's staying so there's a bit of a Dwight and Sherry situation going on here where one is chasing one is following and now one is running away and the other is not following the, the road forks a little bit, but yeah. do not give up hope because sometimes like we all say cliche as it is, sometimes you have to let someone free in order for them to actually find their own way back. Because the only way John is going to come around at all is if he goes off on his own and finds an interesting possibility up ahead. Now, what's interesting about him leaving in this manner is that we, he can bump into anybody at this point and the story can become this weird, rich tangent of a factor that could come back in an interesting way. He could meet Strand. He could meet Alicia. He could meet the end as the beginning guys. you know. So there's a bunch of things that can happen as a result of this. It kind of actually, and I didn't want to say this last night, Sharon D, uh, because we both watched the episode at the same time last night, or this morning, and when we came back around, you were upset as all hell. And I held back from saying this because I hope that means I'm a good friend, but I was a little giddy about the possibilities of what John could run into. Because it's not as if John is like falling apart. John just needed to get out. And what happens after that? John may be able to handle whatever comes his way now, because now he knows what way is up. As long as he's out of that situation, he'll know which way is up. You know, okay, I'm doing things on my terms again. Let me reset, get back to what I know is right and wrong (laughs) out here in the wild, wild west. And maybe he could find his way. Oh, that's very interesting. I like Uh,
1: what Nisa just said.
0: Sharon says Ginny thought she was earning June's trust, but maybe June was really earning Ginny's. Or both. She was also mm-hmm. saying, we're going to get a mirror. June will be chasing John instead of the other way around. Okay. So yeah, we're on the same footing here. You know, and then Nisa says it would be ironic if John finds Sherry.
1: Well, John knows the idea of Sherry. <laughs> I mean, he knows she exists. He was the one who found the letter. Re- right. He wouldn't recognize her. Um, but if she said, I'm I'm Sherry, Dwight's wife, he'd be like, oh, okay, I, I know you. Well, even, uh, if, he, even if he said Sherry, though, to... too,
0: by the way, she he would yeah. probably guess it. Yeah. True.
1: True. That would be an interesting group for, for John. John dory to to wind up with oh maybe and they're against jenny so right
0: that could be bad it could be a good thing it could be no, a good or be bad be good thing.
1: thing yeah i mean john john's smart and he's been inside well they all have right because they're all jenny's outcasts so i guess they all have an idea of who Ginny is what she's capable of
0: but, oh my god what would um, john's mask look like if he did join these people uh, would it have a mustache because i'm interested <laughs>
1: I don't know why. I just pictured one of those like 1980s, like plastic pullover masks, but it's Woody the cowboy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a snake in my boots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sharon also brings up another point it's not Mm -hmm. like one of them is dead the rift in the Dory relationship is just crushing John would do it but see this is the thing so this is why I think John finding the mannequin mask people Virginia's outcasts it makes complete sense but it also makes things very complicated because if John doesn't really find his way and then focuses on revenge Mm. that could be very bad for everybody like it's very good for John in a weird way finding his place knowing what way is up but that could make john face off squarely against june in a weird way that makes me worried like it's nice to see john you know making friends again (laughs) but uh
1: i think if john did move forward with jenny's outcasts before they did anything I think John would figure out a way to, to pull June out and keep her out of danger. If they did come up with some sort of plan that they thought could take Ginny and the other rangers out or whatever, I think John would, he would pull June out and make sure she was safe first.
0: But wouldn't that be would like, but, okay, so there's two, a couple things that buck against some of some of that idea is that one, they're not very amenable to plans and planning. They're, they're, like true. as long as long as we have the firepower, let's yeah. just go John after John could Jenny. help with
1: that though. John could help with the planning.
0: Maybe. But the only other thing, <laughs> that goes against that and this is the bigger point actually is that maybe we're focusing on the wrong people because just as, just like we said you know if we're focusing on taking Ginny out we're not focusing on these this death cult we end as the beginning people because when when the death cult is done with Virginia they'll just move on like they did with the office dwellers you know giving them all the plague you know basically they're going after, after every single living s- settlement and trying to end them so it would not stop there These people would be next, these outcasts. And so if you take out Ginny, they're just going to go after you. And so why not join kind of like the other thing that I said is they are going to maybe end up joining forces. You know, this is something I wanted to touch on beforehand, because one of the things is that even though these end of the, uh, the end is the beginning guys don't know about Ginny and don't care. They just want any attempt to survive this moment to end. Ginny knows about them, which I think is interesting. I think the whole point of Dwight and Sherry being out there is because she knows about them and needs to document what they are trying to do. This is why June is saying to her constantly, what do you know? I need to know what you know, you know? and that's, that's why we're trying to figure out also like, okay, so Ginny knows about them, which is why she's putting all these people in harm's way, or at least Dwight and Althea. She knows they exist, yep. even, though, even though they don't know if Ginny exists, but on purpose, it looks like.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, Paige's demonstration at the beginning shows, I think that's what leads her to make the comment to June about not dealing with just some other ragtag group of, you know, miscreants or whatever she calls them. Um, I mean, Paige was willing to die instead of answering these questions. That's, yeah that says something.
0: That's, that's the defining feature too, which means, you know, Wes illustrating that he does not want to die should be an indicator. You know, Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't think Wes is affiliated. I mean, I don't think did so you think
0: no, not I, I at didn't, all. We,
1: we know he loves to paint, so.
0: Yeah. Although not spray paint. So that's interesting, right? I mean... The
1: that was in there. Mm. Yeah,
0: so it's like, it's like, what do you believe? Do we not know what to believe? I'm not saying I, I'm discounting Wes, but it, it, the show does have a funny way of maybe automatically dismissing... I mean, I love that she brings up Derek. There is something interesting. Maybe... That is weird. Do you think they might be bringing up my theory again? <laughs> like, Wes, Wes is, is Derek? There. Yeah. <laughs> I could wonder. Be,
1: I mean, I still think that could be, still play out, you know, big revelation finding out who Wes slash Derek really is.
0: One of the things we did find out is that Derek did teach Wes how to paint, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting. Because I know I know that Derek had started with the tree, I think it sounds like. And the, that was the first tree, possibly. The one that we commented, commented on looked, didn't look quite the way the others did. Uh, last year, oh,
1: yeah, when they so found the different. original,
0: yeah, it looked more simple. If you're reading this, you're still here. That's what the tree said.
1: Yeah, the 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 wonk, the first wonky one.
0: Sherandy was saying, I mean, that's that's exactly why Morgan didn't want White and Sherry to attack. Oh, hey, don't worry about the Iron Throne when the dead are marching in Westeros. You know, so Morgan needs to figure out what's going on with this death cult. You know, he also he also needs to figure out, you know, how to get these people out of harm's way. That's another thing. And uh Charindy's saying, Junior's is going to be like Strand, get a gold key. And be jenny's right hand. Well, see, I don't think June is mm-hmm. going to be a ranger though, but she may be the hand of the queen or the king, whatever you want to call it. uh is saying it's, it is a death cult, uh, and no, Wes is definitely not with them. And Sharendy says, I think Ginny is starting to panic. and is saying, There's a death cult trying to end the settlement, so i panic too. And she goes, Oops, I'm defending Ginny, sorry. <laughs> 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 but Sharon, says something interesting is that I also want to point out that June was extremely tired, hadn't slept much, basically 29 hours, okay. much like John in the key. That's right. With his toothache a, and that could have also affected her decision-making skills. Couple that with the adrenaline and you've got June taking Ginny's word, mm-hmm. right? That is a good point. I do want to say that it does make, put things into perspective. I think the 29 hours has affected her in two ways. And that's one is it may have clouded her judgment sure, with taking Ginny at her word, but also I think it made it possible for, for her to not help someone who needed help too. I know may have made her want to not help rather than to help in some ways. Mm. So it's reflexive. Bad decision-making doesn't, isn't limited to just uh, taking Ginny at her word. It could be also be like going against her own ethos, that sort of thing. So I don't know. But I think this isn't more of a partnership as it is a mutual understanding. Though the interesting thing that June says to Luciana, to Sarah, to Wendell, who happens to be sort of nearby, Wes, who's lying down next to them, is that we get to do things our way on our terms. So this isn't a partnership. This isn't a this isn't a friendship, a, a skipping in the street kind of thing, going arm in arm sort of things. Like nope, we're independent from you. We have a mutual understanding. Let's keep people safe. One thing that is hammered over and over again is that June wants to keep people safe, healthy, healed, recovered, and Ginny wants to have do the same thing. We want the same thing, Ginny says in this episode, back and forth. Okay. As much as we do not like Ginny, <laughs> There are some things that are true that Ginny wants. Remember what your reaction to her to Ginny possibly having babies in her camp and in her auspices and people having children and stuff like that. Your reaction was like, yes. "Oh no, that's not what she'd want." It's like, "No, that's definitely what she wants." Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, doesn't, yeah. I mean, you doesn't need, sound like it,
1: right? I mean, you need children, you know, for the future. Otherwise, what are you building this place for? know, I understand that, but like Ginny right. herself having kids or being involved with the child or child care, I don't see that happening. Happening.
0: Right. But I do want to hammer on something that you said, you know, before is that maybe it wasn't just about protecting Dakota. Maybe there's something more going on here. It's like you said, I, mm-hmm. I loved her or maybe that's her admitting to herself that she used to love her until Dakota became something else. Right. Right. right.
1: I think it was, I feel, gosh, I'd have to scroll way back up in the things, but the, somebody had said, you know, maybe at one point she did love her, but now it's not so much about loving her as it is just protecting her out of, oh. I don't know, familial necessity maybe she just feels an
0: obligation to protect her yeah one of you guys said in the chat but it is Mm -hmm. something that i was thinking of too but you it it was a a combination of you guys saying in the chat and the way you said it earlier it could also mean that just like what june is feeling right now not knowing how to help john is the same way she's feeling about dakota like meaning it's more than just keeping her safe and alive it is not knowing what she is going through or knowing exactly what she is going through but not not unwilling to Change her tactics. Let's take Dakota at her word for just a second. <laughs> as much as we don't want to, or we have our theories about her and all that, what makes things a little difficult to understand about Virginia is that maybe she's on a collision course just like Morgan is. It's like she cannot stop and sw- swerve the car away enough to move out of the way of danger. Meaning, Dakota does not see eye to eye with Ginny, and it may end up harming their relationship, and Ginny just cannot see which way is up in their relationship, Mm -hmm. as smart as Ginny is, which is very interesting. There is some true axiom to the fact that sometimes you cannot heal the healer. And as much as you can manipulate the other pieces on the board, you know, in some ways, Ginny cannot manipulate or will not manipulate Dakota, refuses maybe to manipulate Dakota in the way that she does other people. And she cannot help Dakota and she cannot stop herself. And the thing that the very thing that Dakota probably does want from Ginny is to stop and she cannot stop because it goes against what she wants for Dakota, which is to be safe. So how do you help that? How? How does Ginny square the circle, right? Does she know any other Mm -hmm. way? Does she have to become Morgan? 16 different somebodies. But how does she yeah. break away from that? Does Dakota have to die for her to realize that? Mm. Like like Dwayne and Jenny? Ugh. Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to, though, right?
1: Right. I hope not. So how
0: do you break Jenny out of that loop, you know? Or is she putting everybody in the same loop that she's in, in a weird way? That's weird.
1: Dakota might have to break out and find her own way.
0: Maybe. Well, maybe that's the only way. But if that's the case, what does Jenny become, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's even worse. An untethered Jenny, not tied to Dakota, <laughs> like mm-hmm. her little check imbalance. And what's that's interesting. So Blazey hits on something really hard here. I don't think she should have killed her, but she should have let her die. This is talking about June and Jenny. That's what mm-hmm. Strand said, too. Strand says they needed to make their own decisions, too. Now, this is about the um, hospital. We needed to call the shots. That's what she means about Strand. Yeah. Nisa's mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> saying Jenny wants to help her, and she loved her. Dakota is wrong in the head. <laughs> but let's... <laughs> maybe but maybe but it could be closer to what I'm talking about and this is this would be the irony in Ginny is that she cannot break out of the loop of wanting to protect Dakota but protecting Dakota in Ginny's eyes means uh, I have to do things that I don't like much like Strand you know I may not be able to look Dakota hmm. in the eye in order to keep her safe what there's you, irony what, in that
1: there is what what mm, all right we don't really know Jenny on an emotional side just yet but do you have you seen anything so far that that you believe Jenny re- Ginny regrets doing
0: Oh man
1: she I seems mean... pretty confident in most of her choices so far I- I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying I haven't seen evidence of Jenny doing something that maybe she wouldn't normally do just to protect Dakota I see her more using these situations to her advantage
0: you know that's interesting that you say that. I'm going to use an example that you pulled up kill back in the, back in the key. So in the key, you mentioned something very interesting, and in that was when John shot her the look. It looked as though Ginny was actually really, really remorseful over Cameron's death over during Cameron. the funeral. Mm-hmm. Okay, but wait, take that. Let's move it. Let's move it even further back into the past. Do you remember what I said about that feeling that Ginny must have gotten when she was trying to shoot Morgan, and this almost relief slash horror when the gun didn't actually fire and kill morgan like that point blank yeah. range when morgan was already shot to put him out of his misery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that 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 like and then morgan just yelling out in kind of like this frustration like ah don't die <laughs> like that sort of thing but that horror that what, what she, first of all, the simultaneous horror of being hit by Morgan in the face, but also like not being able to kill him when she's standing right over him with a gun. This is something Ginny has never had to do in, in person before. Her, first, like, in some senses, what I felt was Morgan was her killing Morgan or possibly killing Morgan was the first life she'd ever taken.
1: Yeah. I, th- I thought I remembered we had talked about that was probably the first living person she had tried to kill.
0: And what's really funny about that is that as you go. Through the season, you see people doing things that they don't normally do, or they you wouldn't expect them to do. You know, from Strand to Dwight to Sherry to uh, Althea holding back, and now June for one second not offering assistance to somebody who needed it, and then uh, suddenly offering assistance and taking control of her situation and not running away. A lot of things that June doesn't do that she normally may have done in the past. Let's go now that we go back into the past and see what Ginny is forcing herself to do in order to keep her thing in line, killing somebody for the first time and then you find out all this is for dakota to keep dakota safe and that's interesting to me she is in some ways going through her own evolution or what she feels she needs to do in order to get this thing accomplished so i i I, i'm i'm not saying well first of all let me take the oath right here is that i'm not sympathizing with her i'm just trying to understand what's going on you know if i I understand what's going on i can cope you know
1: yeah it's easier to deal with i could see jenny um starting this mission out as a way to protect jenny or dakota, dakota right but, um i think over time as as this thing grew bigger she got power she was the leader and i think she started to enjoy that so maybe it started out as protecting dakota but i think it's morphed into something else for her
0: right well which is a perfect comparison for negan mm-hmm. you know and carl confronting negan at the gates of alexandria going when did this get away from you
1: yes yeah
0: but but and similarly to maybe Morgan saying to Rick at the bar just after they killed shitty Jared and all those savior (laughs) runaways from the hilltop you know what made you stay what made you not kill everybody and he goes yeah I had my boy and Morgan goes yeah yeah I know what that is but here's the thing Ginny still has Dakota Mm -hmm. so and I think there is some truth to what you're saying about maybe it did get away from her or maybe she thought she had to do more and let's let's keep her in more of a protective egg so that Mm -hmm. she doesn't break so that the Fabergé egg doesn't break meaning her Yeah. so So, you know, and sometimes people will do that. You know, this brings me to the ultimate question that I actually wrote down. This is going to make you all hate me. Just like Dwight says to Morgan about if Grace asked you to do this, you would too. Mm -hmm. Would you perhaps for your loved ones go do what Ginny does to keep them safe?
1: Well, of course. I don't even have to think about it. I would do anything to keep my loved ones safe. Anything.
0: Right. Right. There you go. Well, I want to kind of bring this over to these guys too, because... You aren't as hesitant as these guys, probably, (laughs) which I find interesting. I love that. You do this thing where you answer first and explain later, meaning I know the answer right away, but then um, it might take me a little while to explain exactly why, but then you're 100% sure.
1: Right after June gives Wes the pain medication, Ginny has a little freak out, and I thought I could hear like desperation in her voice. Like, I thought I heard real emotion there from Ginny. <laughs> right. Like a panic, right. you know. Somebody just said she's in a panic. That was definitely what I heard, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what I heard, too. Sharony he says says, uh, keeping the settlements safe for Dakota became her driving force, just like saving people became June's driving force. Again, they're in sync. They do get it. Sharon continues, when Ginny leaves June, just lets. Out this frustrated scream, right? With June giving the medication to Wes. Ginny does the scream. So you were right. Um, And yeah, Nisa's saying she's just afraid of the cult people. She is, yes, and primarily, sure, afraid of them getting to Dakota, threatening this bubble she wants to keep Dakota in to keep her safe. But then also, I have to imagine that in some respect, maybe some, she does want to keep these people safe. Maybe in as much to protect Dakota. Let's go there and say that could be all it's about. But then also, there has to be some semblance of humanity. Like, I feel like in some senses, you cannot strip that Strip Ginny down to just those bare attacks alone. You know, could, was this all just to protect Dakota? Uh, Nisa says, I was thinking Ginny was trying to protect, protect Dakota from anyone because the cult people are in- infiltrated in the settlements. Interesting. Yes. And maybe because she knows Dakota would go to their side too. <laughs> Ooh, just like I said, I wish I never said it. Uh, uh, she, I- she's def- She's desperate to find these people. She's all about the future. Yeah. The cult is about the end. She's too protecting everyone, which is what I was afraid of, possibly being the case, which is very, very attractive to young people for some reason the end have you noticed that 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 young people are all about this weird oh I, i'm voting for big big meteor for 2020 to take us all out it's like, why are you young people talking about the end as if you know
1: because they haven't lived enough life to enjoy it yet
0: yeah or, or to know how precious life is to be ripped yeah. from you
1: i i, I want to go back to what nisa had said about the death call infiltrating the, the settlements because i had thought the same thing when when that walker with the razor blades on her hands attacks june my first thought was oh man somebody that's genius right somebody put that on her on her hands and then i thought maybe she did it like what if this walker put razor blades on her hands and then killed herself yeah knowing she would come back and an yeah. attack
0: exactly yeah. Cut her own throat, which is wow, levels of right? commitment. Or,
1: right, as long as you don't kill the brain, you're going to come back. <laughs> so yeah, she exactly. yeah, killed herself.
0: Yeah, and if she really cut deeply on the vocal cords, yeah, nobody would hear her coming. <laughs> Silent right. but deadly, as they say. But um, but furthermore, and John confirms this. He says, "Yeah, there's no activity up top. You know, as far as I'm, right. as far as I can tell, there's nothing broke through the fences up top. So whatever it was was a threat from within." This John John right. hammers at home. So yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: that walker could have been that the the razor blade walker could have been the one that spray painted the oil ta- tower.
0: Yeah, I think it was, was that, that was that was the refined Water? fuel. So after okay. the after the fuel gets cooked, it goes into a place a holding place for it to okay. go into tankers and jerry cans and all that stuff. That's okay. where the, right. yeah. And that's where the, yeah. the, that's where they tagged on the refined yeah. fuel area. Yeah. So,
1: right. So I was thinking this Walker with the raz- the razor blade Walker was probably the one that did the spray painting, taped some razor blades to her hands and then killed herself.
0: Oh, you're limiting yourself. I think there's more than one. <laughs> I, or, well, yes, you might be right. You might be right. Maybe there's the one, but. I maybe. mean, throughout
1: all the settlements. Yeah. I think there's more than just one, but she might've been, you know, the, the tank town sleeper. <laughs>
0: yeah. And well, that's very interesting. That is very interesting. They are these pop, these people are really probably willing to make the long haul to end these settlements, much like you know who from The Walking Dead. You're gonna say it, or am I? I who mean, are the ones who are the ones begging for the end, mostly by the end of it?
1: Oh, I mean the Whisperer.
0: Yeah. Who also yeah. had sleepers. Yeah. We were just oh, talking yeah. about him yeah. yesterday yeah. the last time. Yeah. Dante. Absolutely
1: Dante. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean Ian, to some extent, Mary slash Gamma. Sure. So, you know, there's a commitment to the to this idea of the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And Nisa saying, Oh, she's part of the death cult, Dakota. It's hundred percent possible that <laughs> they're not afraid to die, it's the biggest threat to the settlements. And yeah. sabotage the oil fields, Sheridan says. Right. Uh-huh. Nisa says if if Ginny tells June all she knows, June will trust Ginny on this. And uh, Sharon says, <laughs> "Apocalypse suicide bombers." Yeah, well, you know, Dante. Mises says, <laughs> Dante, "Dante origins." <laughs> He's the leader of the cult. Mm, I As mean, this is several years
1: prior, isn't
0: it? <laughs> does it does check out? Maybe. Oh, that would be wild. That would be right. wild. Dante is the mortician's son. Sharon, he says, "Oh my God, right. we're 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 digging so- we're digging in holes, <laughs> going deep." <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh man. Is the mortician son. Oh my <laughs> god, Nisa's
0: going crazy. Dante is the mortician son, that's it. Which means Dante survives people. Uh so that is complicated. <laughs> Dante survives enough to head to the Whispers and fall in love with their death cult. Yeah, this makes right. a lot more sense. At least in this one we survive. <laughs> like, and we just serve just
1: the to be dead. Yeah, we
0: that's a way better ethos than mine is <laughs> like the Mortician's right. son. Also like heartbreaking to see the CNL trucking so the CNL oh, truck right. being bastardized. So many times. But like being bastardized by the uh the green cross and the key mm-hmm. down the middle. Ooh, that one, that one hit a chord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He says, "I haven't made notes. Too busy crying." Oh yeah, we it was we hard. can. We can talk about the title card for a second. Um, Oh, which was interesting to me because talk about misdirects. I I have to, I'm hoping you guys felt the same for some weird reason. When, when the title card first started and it first started zooming out the shape of June's silhouette for a second, just for on the, in the beginning, when you see that pinhole of like just that head. And as it expands out, I'm like, wait, is this grace? It's weird. Uh, like, it looked, it looked big, you know? So like the way her jacket, it's
1: like Like a larger jacket. Grace. (laughs) And then like, all of a
0: sudden you saw it was June and it was like, oh, okay. All right. I got, I got panicked a little. It was really weird. Yeah, so she said it, too. Nisa said, oh, preggers. I'm like, and Sharon is like, no, I knew immediately it was June. I'm like, okay, well, pin a rose on your nose. I thought I knew it, too, until I saw her silhouette. And then all of a sudden, I'm impatient, okay? My brain jumps at things before it, it like, wait, no, I, th- I thought it was June. Like, it looks like, gr- oh, it is June. That's where my mind went. I made a mental note to kind of note just like the Sarah thing where I thought Paige was Sarah. I was like, oh, make a mental note that that was my first jump instinct reaction. This was another one of those things where when I saw it at first, I was like, Grace? And then mm-hmm. like, oh, sh- it was, okay, it's June. It's June. Yeah, and yeah, Sharon, I, I noted that too. The hawks that were in the um, uh, Althea's episode Alaska. Yeah, the same hawks that I relegated to being like the helicopters are in the same opening oh. sequence as June's in this episode called Her Next Jasper's leg.
1: I thought you were referring to the school mascot on World Beyond. (laughs) Those hawks. Same. Same. (laughs) I mean, that too, though. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Which is the same
0: cross-reference.
1: I don't know that I liked it, but I heard June say a line to Ginny that we heard, was it last episode? Yeah, in Honey. June says to Ginny,
0: You make it so hard. Why do
1: you always make this so hard?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I thought that was really cool.
1: It obviously took me right back to Sherry and Dwight, right? Sherry says this to Dwight. So then I'm thinking, okay, how does their relationship or what they're going through right now compared to what June and Ginny are going through right now in this moment. you know, like, what role is Dwight playing? He is trying to save Sherry in this moment, you know? And Sherry's, you know, why are you making this so hard? And so I, I wanted to kind of feel the same. I wanted to believe that Ginny really was doing what she was doing to help people. And so I thought maybe they put that line there as a way to maybe make it easier to believe what Ginny's saying because we heard it from Dwight. And now we know we can trust Dwight. So, I don't know. Well, I so, wanna... Which
0: means what, though? Well, maybe we can trust Ginny.
1: Well, I no, not totally trust her. <laughs> I guess I just want. to I...
0: I'm just talking shit. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
1: no, not not totally trust her. Just just believe her when she says I really am trying to help people. Right. I, I think she really is trying to help people. She's just doing it in a really shitty way.
0: <laughs> which that's kind of like the point I was gonna. Even though I kind of. Was a jerk about making this point, but to be honest, this is this goes to something I said in The Walking Dead World Beyond. I'm not sure if I said it in Fear of the Walking Dead, but essentially, in the apocalypse, what's our first lesson? Don't trust people right away, right? But essentially, intrinsically, as human beings, that goes against our nature. Our nature, well, okay, our lizard brain, once we see, we're always fearful, we always mistrustful, right? But what evolved in human beings, so one of the big things that evolved in human beings, eventually, because that won out, you know, according to evolution, I think with most people, some people know, but most people had to beat the Neanderthals because we had to evolve a sense of community and forgiveness. And so part of what people intrinsically want to do is believe people or believe in people. So like even though we mistrust them as part of our evolution, you could see June struggling with the fact is, I want to believe you. Yeah. Throughout this episode, I noted the fact that it is actually definitely the case that at the beginning of this episode, June is running around in circles with Sarah trying to help people that would be impossible to help, which was Ginny's plan, which is by design, right okay well as we go throughout this episode june quickly figures out which way is up she knows jenny is trying to pull the wool over her eyes she is seeing it in real time as she goes along trying to help people that jenny is saying basically sometimes you got to know which dogs to put down to pasture right so that sort of thing she she gets it and so i see her and i wrote this down and i want you to hear this from my mouth so it's always been about dakota like this is after her hands get, get hand gets cut off like you know but she sees that june has the upper hand Ginny, and will take care of Dakota, right? Resigns herself to death. This is what I felt at the time. Sure says oh god you have no idea what it's like to care about somebody not be able to help them so so june's like thinking fuck you because john the people that are hurt like malcolm and all these people in tank town sarah and wendell you know how do you help sarah when you don't know where wendell is which eventually is one of those things that she tries to get from Ginny and succeeds anything she wants whatever june wants june gets anyway so june in that moment understands virginia completely and is able to hack off Ginny's hand because it's it's about more than just revenge and in that she is smarter than Rick and Negan combined. She's definitely quicker thinking than John and Morgan combined. Because John, like what I said about Morgan in the last episode, it took him forever to come around and realize we have to adapt. June adapts in that moment. Moment. And she says, there's got to be something for after. I can have both of these things. I can have a purpose and work within the system. She decides to work within the system knowing which way is up. Knowing that Ginny is not to be taken at a word, let's say, necessarily. But as long as I have the goods on her, I can work work within this system. John didn't know that Ginny was not an honest broker. That's the difference between June and John in these moments. June yeah. does know that Ginny is a dishonest broker and she is not a reliable witness, let's say, or not a reliable broker. So she can work within the system because now she understands what the what the core ethos is. Whereas John does not know which way is up. She, he does not know what his purpose is. At the beginning, June and John both think that what they're doing is trying to help people while Ginny is just basically trying to spin everybody's wheels all around the communities to get them to make everybody else feel safe while she's making Dakota actually safe. in that respect so that there's something going on here i I think and john simply can't break out of it john cannot handle the fact that the wool has been pulled over his eyes he does not know which which way is up which means he has to leave he needs to leave to be able to get perspective we all need this eventually sometimes when we're in a bad situation you know it's really difficult it's really really difficult to really work within the system for some people and some people like me when you're too stubborn and this is me i found myself doing this a lot of times sometimes it's hard for me to break away from situation to be able to see what which way is up and down. And I will work within the system. It is the harder way to go. And you will walk out with battle scars. But by the end of the day, you know, okay, maybe I will I will have learned the lesson. You know, but you can go through all of that without being in the blast radius, you know? And that's what John is trying to do in that moment. He's like, I don't know which way is up, but I need to step away from a situation to figure that out. June does not need that. June, no. I am... This is why I'm impressed. This is why I'm like, I am kind of excited to see where this goes because... June gets it and gets it hard and fast. You know, she does not make things difficult. You know, she, she doesn't make things hard. I'm, I'm really, I said this about her last year too. I said, and I remember this exactly. It was like, it seems like June in some ways is kind of like a better Carol, not willing to Otis people. Mm. (laughs) But still jumping over things with her Winchester, kicking some ass
1: anyway.
0: (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Well, but almost right in this episode in a way, like you know, half ass. Almost
1: Otis Ginny's ass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was a. Kind of a uh, a moment. And I just, I took this, this little blip as maybe one, one more reason to either, I don't know, sympathize or start to believe a little bit of what Jenny says. So, so June is helping the, the woman who is Marianne, right? And this is the one that Jenny says, just, just leave her. She doesn't know anything. Sometimes you need to know when to, when to put a dog out to pasture, whatever she said. So, and June's like, no, here's that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, we're going to save her. Put her on the, put her on the bus. And then when they make their way back out to the truck, and they open the door. Who's the very first walker they see? It's Marianne.
0: Mary, yeah. Yeah. She's the what first I'm saying. walker
1: they see. And my first thought was, oh, shit, Jenny, Jenny was right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jenny was right. Well, don't
1: put her on there. Granted, a lot of people turned. A lot of people on there turned. It probably would have happened with or without Marianne. But right. I just thought, she's the first face they show us. And she's who Jenny was talking about not to put on the truck. So. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Thought, I, there's. I, there's one
0: for Jenny. <laughs> well, you know what? There's another one in some, and there is indications of foreshadowing on this one too, because without Sarah, when she wasn't there at the time, um, Malcolm would have gotten June killed in the beginning. Yeah. And with, with Sarah not there, and maybe as Ginny is a representation or a crude representation of Sarah saying, hey, uh, maybe you should get off of her, let's say, her being Malcolm in a way, mm. uh, you know? And then, yeah, there is a little bit of absent-mindedness. Like, you know, I'm so busy trying to help, People that I don't re- realize that if I keep them in the same spot, one could turn and kill everybody else. Yeah. But yeah, and which none is None of them why- can
1: walk, which we know from being outside, none of them can walk, and that's why they're in there. So if somebody did turn, they're not hopping up to run away from them. So,
0: Yeah. Well, yeah there is, which one was strapped to the gurney and could not walk, and then, you know, made a perfect walker or cadaver. Buffet. Yeah. <laughs> well, well that actually brings up an interesting subject because when June is in there and Ginny says, you know, it, you know, in that whatever the broken down shack after the explosion. You know, and Ginny says, You don't know what it's like to help people that you can't help, that sort of thing and she's thinking of these people that she that Ginny was basically trying to question instead of help. Mm-hmm. In that moment, you having you know, June having seen all those uh tank town workers rise up from the dead and eat each other. So what you're saying is basically like maybe she's even a little bit mad at herself, you know, for for being responsible yeah. for that in some way. She puts it on Ginny, but I think maybe she is mad at herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, she, yeah, Ginny said, don't do it and she did anyway. Ooh, uh... And
0: maybe she's mad at herself for other things too. Maybe she's mad at herself for thinking she could help people initially and keeps trying over and over just like John trying over and over again to help people that it, that would be impossible to help which is Ginny's design to break her spirit. But <laughs> G- that's the thing. June gets it, sees through it, moves past it. John can't. It's hard for him. He can't move past the betrayal long enough. This is why I like to illustrate these two, the differences <laughs> between these two. Even though they're different and they can be different that's fine and they can still be good for each other that's also fine but yeah, there is a distinct difference between john and june in that respect sometimes you need the baggage you know even though we like john as a better rick and i mentioned
1: this <laughs> in another
0: episode there's something to be said about you know maybe sometimes you need the baggage because the baggage helps you know which way is up
1: yeah 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 oh, your, a, can give you a perspective
0: Anissa is hopping on the hate train <laughs> By saying, uh, June, the wind, get in. Ginny is saying this to June, you know, to save her life. And yes, Ginny saved her life. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, okay, Lisa, we're going to be in this, in this bubble alone. (laughs) And the, (laughs) and the Ginny might not be that bad bubble. I don't know. I don't know what to to make of it all, but because you're right, like the one thing that we that we do know is that we don't know what's going to happen next, which is great because as much as we do see Ginny and June nod to each other as Ginny is driving away, there is Mm -hmm. this mutual understanding, blah blah blah. You know, with everything that we do, no, we do not know what's coming next, and I'm that makes me really excited. Just like with John going off on his own, it makes me really excited for story because John moving on off on his own and branching off in a different direction. First of all, like. It's not like we saw, it's not the same way as we saw Althea and, and Dwight off on their own, suddenly appearing somewhere else. No, we've seen where John's been and now he know. we know he's off going somewhere else. There is a sense of continuity. We saw him one place before, we, now we're seeing him possibly somewhere else. There's a journey. We like seeing journeys. We don't like seeing people suddenly pop into existence somewhere else. So we're now we're following. Which is different, like in in a sense, John. You know, John could be the new Morgan Tether. Let's say, in some ways, maybe John is the tether moving into different, to new episodes. Maybe it's June. Maybe there's a big time jump. (gasps) What if there's a big time jump from here and things have changed? And I just want to remind people and be the bearer of bad news. Please don't hate me. But the next episode is going to be the last one for a little while, because that's the seventh episode. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens in that next episode, I'm not going to say it's big. We don't know. This is just the way things shook out. Okay, people don't yell at me, but that's sorry. But I'm hoping that it's a blowout. I'm hoping it's a big time jump. At least we get some sort of meat. Like we're get we're the one big critique, and the only critique is that in some senses, as great as the season has been, or it, some critics and fans have been saying, this is basically the best Fear the Walking Dead season ever. The one critique has been, and it's been yours actually, uh, uh, Rachel, is that, well, I don't know if I like these anthology episodes because I feel like in some senses we're not getting anywhere. A big time jump may illustrate a sense of movement and and progress that will allow us to kind of piece the things that have happened in that interim with what we've seen in the next episode. So I think that could be really cool too. So there's a lot of things to get excited about if, fingers crossed, because we didn't get a look ahead in this episode. We're going to maybe get it tonight in the public watch, but I or maybe not. <laughs> what if? What if they didn't do it? What if they just surprised us completely for the next episode? Not like them, but like I, I would support this move because I really, in some senses, I kind of don't want to know what happens next because it's wild to not know, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I know I am such an asshole right now. You're so broken right now, and I'm like so <laughs> giddy, and you're like,
1: hey. How can I be giddy? So many people got their
0: hearts broken today.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just over here trying to stay dry. <laughs>
0: That like that like Luciana and uh, and uh, I was gonna say Naomi. Oh my God, Luciana and June in this episode. How do you think we met? Did you get that reference?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Okay, to be totally honest, I went to the episode where we meet June, but that's between her and Madison. So that I so I didn't really make that.
0: So Lucy and June met when Madison and Alicia and I think it was Lucy uh, ran into town to try to find Charlie's parents. Parents. You know, that, that whole side quest, they ventured beyond the range of where they usually go outside the radius a little bit. Okay. And then they meet up, they, they meet up with Naomi at the time mm-hmm. and they follow up the silo because they noticed that there was like a lot of walker uh, guiding instruments like sounds and stuff like that to mm-hmm. to make the walkers go up the stairs and fall into the silos yeah. and be trapped yes. there so they could put numbers and stuff. One of the people that tumbled in was obviously J- Naomi at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Madison where we got the Madison foreshadowing about her possibly dying. Um, I think June was the one, as Charity is saying. Basically, Luciana had a, a gun on her, basically at the time.
1: Okay. And okay. Then, I was trying to think of the last time I saw like oil raining down. I thought that's what they were making reference to, and I'm like, no, it,
0: it was falling into the silo with all the with all the sludge, okay. the oil sludge. Okay. Walkers. Yeah. that's
1: why i didn't make the connection i was i was thinking you know when June, again G- yeah when Ginny and all the rangers show up and and, all, and that catastrophe that's yeah. what i was picturing so i was but she
0: wrong. was yeah she was referring to the, the first time they met <laughs> under okay. uh inauspicious circumstances <laughs> as, right, as strad would right. say <laughs>
1: Did we meet a Doc Holt?
0: You no, know, I, I don't. I don't remember meeting a Doc Holt.
1: Okay, because Malcolm asks for Doc Holt, and I yeah. put a question mark next to that. Who's Doc Holt? He's the one who took Grace. Whoa! I hope he's not dead.
0: If we remember from season five, Doc Holt was the one who was with Grace. There was a reference to Doc Holt at the end of at the last episode of season five. They take. Hmm. Grace, you know, apparently we find this out over the walkie. Jenny chimes in, oh, she's with the doc Dr. Holt or something like that. Doc Holt. Oh, turns out she's pregnant. That's why she's been acting all weird. Blah blah blah. You know, that whole thing. Uh so that's what Sherandy says, basically. He he's the one who took Grace.
1: Okay. Yeah, I hope I hope he's not dead. They're gonna need somebody to deliver that baby. Could be telling everyone. Oh,
0: that's interesting too. Sharandy's saying they could Mm. be telling everyone that he's dead, Doc Holt is dead, and he and Grace are just in hiding. That could be Mm. which is very selfish, you know, like instead of helping people, you know, like Malcolm.
1: Doctor.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like I was saying. Like the the whole thing about Grace is that, like, oh no 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 no. Uh, Virginia has given Grace the immunity idol because babies. What's Mm -hmm. interesting is that one of the voices basically was talking about babies too, though. You know, it's funny. The baby, like here, one of the voices says, "The baby's been crying all night. She's not breathing. You know, Mm -hmm. we need a tetanus booster. How long before things turn? (laughs) Do you have any insulin?" It's like, yeah, there are babies elsewhere because most of the people that they're trying to help are elsewhere. You know, they're not Ginny's people.
1: I think Sharon saying June is taking the place of Doc Holt. She's Mm -hmm. running around trying to save people, but, but the Morgan comment. Oh, so
0: grace. So they're hiding grace away. Doc Holt because to hide away from Morgan. Right.
1: Oh, oh, I see. Okay. All right. Grace isn't hiding from Morgan. Ginny has her tucked away. So that, (laughs) okay. All right. It clicked. It finally clicked. Okay.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Captain, Captain's Log. We we put the We put the Sharon D translator online and it's called Nisa.
1: <laughs> no, that's funny. I get it. Listen, <laughs> everything
0: has a silver lining and we get to have a little funny. It's fine. Um, yeah. So one of the things I actually wanted to say was something Sarah says at the end, at the back of the, the medical truck to June about her bad, bad, bad booze. Like, first of all, it recurs three times. Which Everybody comes, drink-
1: yeah. Thank you. It comes every- back so many times through this episode.
0: Just like it tries to come up on people throughout this episode. <laughs> Now, one of the things that, besides it being funny, Sarah says something very interesting about the booze, about Mm -hmm. something that Wendell says. And it's uh, as long as it gets Mm -hmm. us to the same place at the end, that's all that really matters. And I thought that was a very unassumingly profound statement and is the key to understanding the entire episode. As long as it gets you to the same place at the end, it doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah. Part of the reason why June is willing to go this route, even though it's a bit complicated and fraught, is that it ultimately gets her what she wants, even if it, it means dealing with people she would not normally deal with. Even this, if it's
1: something hard to swallow.
0: Exactly. Egg,
1: I'm pulling down the heavens
0: exactly! Because this is something that I said in the very beginning of this season. One of the, the possible outcomes will might end up being mean that instead of fighting against Ginny toppling her, her dying in essence, and them winning, and then winning, doing things on their terms, one of the outcomes might end up being that they find a way to move forward together. Now it doesn't mean under Ginny's boot, and that doesn't mean necessarily under the gang's boot. It just means that they may f- find a way to live with each other, to move forward, to create the kind of future that Ginny kind of wants, that's not under her terms, let's say necessarily, or maybe under her terms, but she as a fairer person. It could be any one of these things, but it may not turn out the way we think it will. You know, and yes, it's exactly the way June is saying. We have to make the loss of life count for something. And what do they say on The Walking Dead World Beyond? Huck says this specifically. We have to make the bad thing we've done or that they've done count for something, right? Yeah. It, can, it can't just be about killing. It can't just be yeah. about doing that. And this is why I say June gets it right away. June understands it. She's so much faster than everybody else. <laughs> this is what makes me hope Hopeful, though. That's the thing. And now, yes, it's not going to be without... outside forces trying to mess that thought up. But that's a whole other story. Once we know, like, what was it G.I. Joe says? Knowing is half the battle, right? Knowing is half the battle. Now we know what to deal with. And just like secrets in the apocalypse with their PTSD and bullshit. Like, the thing about it is, when you know the truth, you know what you're working with. When you know what's what, which way is up, you know what you're working with. Keeping secrets is only going to harm people, Jenny. You know, keeping things to yourself is only going to harm people. Now, I know what I understand completely what in a way I understand because of The Walking Dead World Beyond I understand that perspective of keeping as little information public as possible that that is helpful for for most people but when you operate on certain facts and don't have all of them it makes it very hard to move forward and again this is is the connection this is the connection between this series Fear of the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond you know operating on the same facts PTSD, trauma, you know how do we move forward, my way is the only way you know or do we adapt, you know share even remember her promo this is the only way the past is dead it's funny like when we saw the promos i'm like i don't know what they're saying (laughs) i don't understand oh thing of this like what what is the past is dead what what is this is the only way um daniel in his promo was like i don't know who you want me to be or like who you think i am People think they know who I am, that sort of thing, and yeah. like, what? What is going on here? <laughs> I don't understand. Now it's starting to make sense. Now it's starting to make sense. I know I'm I'm beaten up from the feet up too, but I'm the kind of person when they when, when I get beat up, I get up again because I'm very stubborn. I'm very very stubborn. I mean, I, I refuse I to stay down. To
1: see, yeah, I I can't wait to see where the rest of the season takes us. I mean, it. <laughs> I I am just so glad that this wasn't uh, the finale. I mean, could you imagine if this is how the <sighs> season ended? First of I, all, I'd be crying for six months.
0: <laughs> I think I think you'd start feeling like beat down. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! Like,
0: like why? Why if you're The Walking Dead, you're like holding yourself? Why? Why, do you why? Do this why would you to do? Me? It?
1: <laughs>
0: like, like oh, it's it's like yeah. I don't know. The feeling is akin to what Owens says on The Walking Dead: World Beyond. Oh, it's like a pathogen from space. It gets into your <laughs> stomach and, and, and turns it, and then you breathe it on other people, and then you turn them. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, my stomach Really, my stomach hurts I'm just sure. thinking about this episode. But at the same time, like, I feel excited. The best thing about this, this season has been after every single episode, by the end of it, as hard as a watch as it sometimes is, even with like, even Strand, even Dwight, oh God, especially Dwight. Althea watching her pull back, not knowing if this, her thing with Isabel is even possible, because we know what the future holds. Even still, at the end of the episode, I'm thinking, oh my God, they can go anywhere with this. They're leaving off on such a note that I can go anywhere. It's it's definitely not going to go out the way we think it's going to go, but at the same time, that's half the excitement. Yeah. Oh, boy.
1: I mean, I didn't pick up on it on my first watch, but my second watch, I definitely saw the foreshadowing during the conversation that June and John are having in the car, and she's telling John that she lost Malcolm. You know, I told him that everything would be okay, and I lost him anyway. And then, right, after having watched it the first time, I immediately picture John and June at the end of the episode and she's telling him, you know, things change. It's not as bad as we thought. And, and then she loses him anyway. Yeah. It was, that's why know, I made that
0: face earlier. I'm like, you're right.
1: Conversation.
0: You're right. I didn't see that. Oh my God. I didn't see it. That way. Stomach hurts even more. Yeah. <laughs> What, but wait, what was, what did, oh my God, I'm thinking of the wrong show. My God. Okay, but I might as well bring it up now. Um, I've been, I've been watching Bly Manor, like the, the haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, I finished
1: that one. Yeah, I finished it. Okay, so
0: I'm, I'm trying to take it slow, but it's hard not to when you want to binge (laughs) every episode. You need
1: because get good till the last episode
0: <laughs> but it's worth mentioning though because like what flora says repeatedly throughout the show just because they're not here doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they're gone, they're gone. that's a, which is why my brain just had this weird moment like but who said that on this show nobody <laughs> nobody said that on this show
1: other show yeah <laughs> but that's madison but it, does say no one's gone till they're gone Yep. Oh, Sharon, brings that back.
0: Mm-hmm. Sharon, that is the perfect thing to say during this moment. Yep. See, you saved us. You saved yourself. Just like John is going to. John needs to save himself. And Sharon, you and just he'll saved come yourself.
1: Back. He'll, he'll come back. We'll see John and June happy again together. I hope. Oh, you, will, you know. They will.
0: They will. They'll find a way. They will. Just, yeah. But, but here's the thing and I think this is very important to remember just like you said maybe this it, it, Sharon D said this they brought they gave us John and June reunion early to make us feel kind of good then they jerked it out from under us but in a sense they never really gave us a reunion which is interesting because no. the very fact that they recognized this early on means that okay no 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 we need a double t- we need a we need a we need to do this again Let's we need to do over which is what they again will hopefully get they will hopefully get you know this is the this is the reunion John needs to be able to come back to the table as somebody different. From the very first time we meet him, there is a sense of mastery of some kind. But John hasn't gone through the evolution that everybody else on this show more or less has two times over. You know, Morgan 16 different times. But still, John is the only one who hasn't really done that. Charlie has done it. Strand has done it. Althea in some respects has done it. Even from season four has stepped into the story a little bit. Uh, June has done it several times over. And each time is a better her. Lucy in some respects, like, look, imagine, remember what Lucy was under always, always trying to do the community's rules, trying to go with the flow and never really stepping into her own. She put her life on the line to save everybody else, to help refine the fuel in Tank Town. She really sacrificed herself. She knows what that is to the max. Now I, in my little quiet time, just before I came on, this is the one thing I meditated on a little bit more. And then I'm a little upset about, and I'm hoping like with all our being worried about John and June, Part of the thing that I was thinking about in my quiet time was, what about Lucy? She really hasn't gotten, I mean, let alone an evolution. How can you have an evolution when you don't really know where a character sort of stands? I was always a little bit upset about her treatment as a character on the show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm a, yeah. and I'm a little I'm a little concerned because you, you can't really kill a character like that because you have to basically build up that character to be able to feel something for when she does go. So if I was a writer, I wouldn't know what to do with her either now that she's here right do you kill her off screen like how or do you at all or do you build her up to be the very thing that saves everybody that would be the only way to make her character mean something in much of the same way like even charlie has a, a bigger you know evolution than she does which in a way makes me upset and I feel like we have to show, acknowledge it as a show in a way. I'm not saying I'm, I hate the writers, I'm going to quit the show or whatever. I'm just saying this is one of those things that has to sort of get some sort of treatment, some sort of development. I mean, when the rabbi has more lines than you, you know, it's like...
1: I completely agree with that, Lucy's. Yeah, she's just kind of one of those characters like what are you what are you doing? <laughs> What's your role here? <laughs> Who are you? What's your you? role here? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the maybe the writers don't even know. I mean, maybe they had a direction for her, she served her purpose, which I don't even
0: Know it was, okay, right?
1: To, to, yeah, to, to save everyone it takes To show? stay yeah, behind,
0: yeah. Which, yeah, that's not Jesus. a bad thing, but like now...
1: Had a role.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You have to give people a reason to care about somebody leaving. And, and something that's on paper, oh, she sacrificed herself to refine the fuel, triple the production as she mentioned on the show... But, you know, we have to build that character up. And I think this is going to be one of the biggest writing challenges ever. Like, how do you make a person so... And will they make a, an, a Luciana-focused episode, which they should? I really hope they do. And I hope the next one sure. is that, by the way. I really think she deserves it now. I want it now. Even though I don't know <laughs> what, what the next one is. I don't remember.
1: How how affected would you be if, if Luciana were killed off the show? I mean... It's hard. Would it, I mean, would... <gasps> I don't... Th- that's You're reading what Sharon says? It, no. She says... I oh. was Sacrifice God, yeah.
0: Luciana a thousand times to have oh. a happy John and June.
1: Well, I'm just thinking if if the writers do ultimately decide to kill Lucy off, it would have to be on screen. I think just because the way they've developed the character or lack of development rather. In order for it to have an impact on the viewers, we'd have to watch her die. I mean, or, or like Literally. you said, give us a Lucy, give us a Lucy episode. Like, give us something to mourn when she actually does die if, oh if they're God. planning on killing her off later. But right you now, know, I just, I don't feel super connected to that character. Like, we don't see her a lot. We, she's just sort of in the background, kind of. And I, you're right. I completely agree. That's not fair. Like, Lucy should have a, a bigger role.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially cause, since she is sort of like an. OG, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's been around a lot longer than some of these characters. Mm
0: -hmm. So, you know, in in that respect, rather than complain about it, it's a good thing to (laughs) to shine a flashlight on it. Fine. Let's take a step back and say, well, this also, in some respects, as we are seeing this episode unfold and realizing in what ways it can go in all the places that we don't know where it can go, Lucian is the same way. She does have, in some respects, a tabula rasa to be able to develop a character that is completely different than what we know. With some hints, as is common with everybody else, Hints to her past that have long been unacknowledged, let's say, like Colonia and Nick and all these mm-hmm. other things moving forward, too. Like her hate of Charlie and maybe reconnecting in some way with that hate or, you know, a reversal of that hate and maybe a further connection with the Little Prince stuff. Things like that, where we can touch on certain things and how that affects her as a character moving forward. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sharon, he's saying, as far as I can tell, it's Alicia, Strand, Charlie, and John uh, in the next episode. You're saying in the
1: next episode?
0: Okay, yeah, that's what she's saying. Okay, and I think it's maybe hmm. it's a, an Alicia-focused episode, essentially.
1: So maybe John doesn't make it all the way back to his cabin.
0: I don't. Yeah, I would. I would have to bet that he doesn't. <laughs> and something. Something stops him along the way. Because <laughs> if he made it to his cabin, it's like, oh, okay. Well, what now? <laughs> what do we do with this character? <laughs>
1: Well, it'd be nice it'd be nice if Morgan maybe caught up with him and was like, "Hey, forget the cabin. I got a much better place
0: <laughs> That's a good point too like Morgan has not seen John doesn't know Morgan is alive mm-hmm. Oh, that could change everything that's Nisa mentioned something about the demon walkers or I think it was Sharon Day, I can't remember who I don't know no but I wanted to talk about that we have not seen them yet those demon walkers that I mentioned in the previous ep- two episodes ago and I wonder if it's the end is the beginning guys that kind of unleashed these walkers how they became walkers I do not know but did you finally get to see a look at them from one of our episodes that I, I put in post I
1: still no, I still have it oh, I want to watch it in... I know I want to watch it in real time I don't want to watch you. it for real
0: yeah I feel like we've <laughs> we've nice. we've seen almost all the the stuff that we saw in the the trailer and the look ahead.
1: I'd have to watch it again. Oh,
0: there is that one thing. So on there is that one thing of Alicia being on at the lookout tower with Char- Charlie. So okay, let's say what Sh- what Shireni says.
1: If you zoom in on the truck in the overhead shot, it looks like John and Strand are in the back of it. I do remember that scene that we broke down in the trailer, and it looked like John was it like in the bed of the truck shooting? with his yeah. shotgun or his rifle mm-hmm. pointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm.
0: let's let me do give everybody that picture of the truck. The truck is the overhead shot on a bridge. There's a barricade and a truck moving forward, busting through the barricade, if I, can, if I remember right. And there's somebody walking around the side of it or something, or it was definitely somebody on the flatbed, which which is John. And I think there's another somebody, and Sharon is saying basically it's, not, it's probably Strand because his hat is noticeable.
1: And yeah. now we know what oh. his hat looks like—his ranger hat.
0: Yeah, which is why we can say it's Strand now. Yeah, so interesting. That's
1: strange. That's really strange, isn't it? I mean, John's trying to get away from Ginny and her affiliations, and here he is with Strand.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And and you know, it does. It's good that the, it comes back around because I think Strand is not good without a Dory, and Dory is definitely not good without is definitely not good without Strand. This is evident from when they were together, and one was pulling one out uh, from the glo- from the. Glo- So John was basically trying his best to get Strand to look up, you know, buck up a little bit so that they can save each other. And by the end of it, Strand is actually pulling John up. When Strand starts to realize things are possible, John is still very depressed. He's he's losing hope and stuff like that. And it's this weird relationship that we got to see in season four when they're trapped Uh, behind the flooded waters at at the ranger station. And oddly enough, it was a ranger station, too, if I remember right now. (laughs) Like you know, like a wildlife that. ranger. Oh, okay. Yeah, I
1: just remember them, the alligators.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever that was. Uh, oh, and is saying it looks like the bridge from Laura. Yeah, could mm-hmm. be, could very well be not the bridge, but at least they're reusing some <laughs> some <laughs> overhead scenes or whatever, some some actual scene uh, locations, filming set, yeah. sites. If John does,
1: if miss- it is, that would be cool. Be cool. If John does make it to the cabin and that's kind of where he's staying and hiding out, um I hope he does not tell Strand where it is, because I would not trust Strand mm.
0: at all.
1: Not tell Jenny.
0: Right. But it looks like from the trailer, it looks like Strand is helping him, I guess. Yeah. Maybe?
1: I mean, it's possible that Strand could make wise choices. I'm just saying I wouldn't trust him with information yeah. that he didn't need.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Does, yeah. Does John think he can? Uh, yeah. If he doesn't know which way is up, he wouldn't. I don't think. Yeah. Charity is saying essentially is that...
1: Rabbi will eventually give June...
0: John's letter... Mm-hmm. not knowing that June was on her way to meet him anyway. And so eventually, and this is basically his last words before he was going to face off with Ginny and then eventually gets disrupted by Strand. And so mm-hmm. when rabbi gives June that letter, June will give it, or will tell Strand to go after John because John, cause she knows where John is. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, which may, might explain that scene. Right.
1: And it's like Strand has more freedom to roam from settlement to settlement. So it wouldn't be unusual for him to be out and about. Whereas and it, it might be weird, Joan, if she were.
0: Yeah. Another thing that's out in the wind right now is is Althea and Dwight planting their walker body so that they, they can actually move about in the world as well. So everybody in their own respect is able to, like, and join Morgan, obviously, in the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why I say I'm very excited. And you guys should be too, because each person in their own way is freeing themselves from Ginny's grip. And June happens to be someone who finds her way through out of Ginny's grip within Ginny's domicile. Let's say this seems to be almost the only one except for Strand. Strand is out and about, but still there's not as much hold on Strand. He can go intersite. Everybody seems to be able to be finding their way out. Right. And so I, it's kind of interesting to see this all come about. And then in that, at freedom, they may be able to make better choices about how they want to proceed with Ginny, let's say. Well, I, that's the thing I find out interesting about Morgan. Even Morgan is not willing to kill Ginny outright, because he's learned the lessons of all that war. He knows that it can't just be about killing. There's got to be something for after, and we may need Ginny for something. And Morgan is finding intimately out what what that might be, because of the two people he had to kill on the road. Or he felt like he had to kill mm <laughs> Sharon D., with the tie into the walking dead world beyond and Elton's reaction to drinking liquor for the first time. I wonder if Sarah's liquor tastes like a warm sack of sack of nails.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I bet it tried, tastes worse.
1: Everybody said it tasted awful. I love the look on her face. though when Malcolm says, Oh, it's terrible. And she's like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm
0: working on it. <laughs> like so you, be, girl, offended. you've been working on it for three seasons. Okay.
1: She was so offended.
0: It's like, you should not work on liquor when you can't even get beer. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <So> come on <laughs> you, do, you you hope do, do you need hopes hopes advice to add a, add a right. distill <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, Shani's saying, I was, I was going to say, I'd like Al and Dwight to meet John instead of Strand. <laughs> okay.
1: um, I would like to bring up three nicknames that Sarah gives to Jenny this episode.
0: <laughs>
1: First thing she calls her is Freckles.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cute.
1: You know, to Ask Freckles for a, a hospital. Then she's talking to Lucy, and she calls her VA.
0: Yeah, I like I that, thought-
1: too but my favorite my favorite nickname is captain hook <laughs>
0: <laughs> what too soon that too soon? was the, that was better that was that squared the circle there <laughs> <laughs> Uh But that, that's what makes what June says really crazy, because you end off with the joke, you start off with the joke, and then June almost has the punchline of like, yes, we can get our hospital. Wait, 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 hold on. I was joking about, you know, like, and now you want to be with her? You know, you want to, you think you can work within the system? And that's that's what's yeah. so jarring is you get this joke and then you get this June saying something what is ostensibly crazy to them.
1: Well, Jenny really is looking to the future, then people would be a part of that. It's gotta truly want to save a certain amount of people for any hope at a future. So maybe she just yeah. wants to the people that she wants to allow into her community. I can't say I don't blame her.
0: <laughs> oh, what are you saying? <laughs> no, you're right. Um, I mean I've been no
1: every year. Move yeah. to an island. I have the people that I love and care about on that island, so I don't have to deal with the rest of the world's stupidity.
0: <laughs> so, what you're trying to say is, hold on a second, hold on. what you're trying to say is, you completely understand Strand when he gets to decide, to decide who gets to join him on, on Penny's boat. <laughs> like sort of thing. Oh, man. Are you going to hit me now? I, might I can't.
1: Mind to admit that i do um, oh boy I wouldn't, I, here's the difference i wouldn't mm. kill someone if i wanted to join my community and i said no
0: you know, someone? <laughs> I someone
1: yeah i'm not gonna notice anybody no oh, it's on. gonna be <laughs> island and all of my walking dead family will be allowed and my real family will be allowed and my closest friends will be allowed that's it that's my island now and <laughs> we
0: trust nobody else yeah. I, I am Ginny to the, its worst extreme no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> uh well we learned a lot about each other in this one episode i think <laughs>
1: So you calling me out on <laughs> Un- bet- and I can't, can't believe those words came out of my face.
0: Yeah, and, and yes, it's-
1: you're in my island, you're in my family. We're family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody
0: else, no, no. I, I'm working on 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 I'm trying to rub Rachel the wrong way so I get kicked out of the community. <laughs>
1: You'll
0: you know, be on but, exile. Yeah, I'll be I'll be Ginny's outcast wearing a mannequin mask. Yep. <laughs> I'll be Rachel's outcast. <laughs> uh, um, but no, but Charity brought up a very good point, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it does affect us. You know, like she wants to thank everybody who asked if she was OK today, you know.
1: I gotta tell you how scared i was when i read that post i woke up this morning the first thing i saw was a post from sharon and it was june's title card right and it just said thanks everybody for you know checking on me or asking me if i'm okay today and i went oh shit
0: <laughs> which is kind of a spoiler <laughs> like oh my god june died <laughs> like you
1: know because you hadn't seen
0: up, the episode yet
1: i had not seen the episode yet i my gut reaction was somebody died i didn't i didn't know who but I figured somebody died.
0: Right, somebody gonna get a heart real bad.
1: <laughs> I was thinking it could have been John because I read through the comments and Sherryd said, "I'm okay now." And I thought if it was June, she would not be okay now.
0: <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I, so you know, maybe it's not about June anymore. Like so now we're drilling further into Sherryd's psyche, Blazy Gardner. It's not about June per se. It's the idea of June and John being together. That's the worst. Like that's, that's what will get her like, Oh, if they, one of them, you know, the idea of them being apart, you know, that's the thing that will get her in the end. It's not about a a single person. It's about these two people being together. Yeah. They are my anchor.
1: I wish these two could have been around from season one. My only regret.
0: <laughs> well, they needed to be, like, a season four thing, right? If you think about it, the world wasn't ready for, or didn't care about that until season four.
1: I know, I know. In, in a weird I way, just, right?
0: Like, could, if you, can you I'm imagine true. them being in the beginning?
1: It wouldn't have worked out the same No, I know that. I'm just uh, selfish and want three to, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah. Can you imagine how how much our stomachs would be hurting across many seasons, like six seasons, if they, they were there from the beginning? Like, how many times we thought they would have bit it, that sort of thing? Oh, God, I couldn't handle it. Which is interesting why they got rid of Travis so, not quickly, but like, in the third season, you know? I Cliff thought Curtis. for sure
1: Travis was around. I thought he was going to make it.
0: Right, right. But in a way, it really freed them up from having to. Like, even though they split up a lot physically, you know, in the, in throughout the series, like they they went different ways, only to come back, and the kids went different ways and only to come back. Having that permanent separation frees up characters to do interesting things. So, which I'm not willing to say about John and June, but what I'm saying is is that yeah, if if they had been around from the beginning, our stomachs would. God, they would. It would hurt for six seasons you know always thinking there's something in this walking dead universe which we always think splits up couples because they can never be happy we're always waiting for the shoe to drop and and we all you know there were parts throughout the the seasons where we thought we'd lose them you know and i couldn't handle that for six seasons but i can handle that for three or four
1: I think it says a lot to the to the writers and producers and the people who make the show that that John and Joan can affect us so hard after only having been with them for two seasons, right?
0: Yeah, we're we're weird. Yeah, I mean they're great, and we're weird it took too. Me, it
1: took me seven years of knowing Glenn to get to this point, and now here I am crying just as hard over a couple that I've only known for two years.
0: Yeah, what's interesting about that is it qualified the Glenn statement is that you weren't really a big fan of his, or
1: no. He, no right from right from day one he was him and carol were number one for me
0: Mm, okay and it leads to a certain point that they die and then it's just devastating
1: also it it should be mentioned that although i read the comics now i didn't actually start reading the comics until the end of season seven so i hadn't read the comics for the first seven seasons of the walk so i really didn't know what to expect during
0: all of that Mm, oh my god wow yeah (laughs) you know, it's, it's something interesting is that Nisa says we needed to go through Madison and Travis to get John and June. That's, that is a really good point. We needed to see, uh, you know, something end for something else to rise up from that, those ashes, something pure to rise up from something that wasn't always, which is fine. You know, that's what we liked about fear the walking dead. It wasn't perfect. It was dysfunctional. The marriages were, were, were somewhat askew. The children were somewhat askew. You know, they weren't always in sync, but they somehow made it work. That was what was great. Parts of a whole, you know, Know, fractions of the whole, trying to create a whole. You know, like like remember, like the Marine Corps, the core, the body. I was saying before, core means body. Oh, yeah. they're all different functions <laughs> of the same body, and they may do different things and may act differently and weirdly, but working together, they make it work somehow. It's, um, it's funny
1: that you know, pointing out Madison and Travis, because I I barely think about Madison, but but it's still there, like lodged in the back of my brain. I mean, that what happened between those two could definitely be affect. You know, giving me
0: affecting the way you view john and june's relationship
1: yes yes thank you that's what i'm trying to you know i don't think about madison but there's she's still back here and what her and travis went through now seeing john and june go through all this in the pit of my stomach it's like don't don't die don't die right because we know it can happen so even though i'm not thinking it outright that's probably in the back of my mind
0: it, it, let's qualify that even further, though. What's interesting about Madison and Travis is that these are people that have been together for a little bit long, a lot longer than John and June. Well, part of the reason why we get so heartbroken about John and June is that they never really even got a chance to start. They had some togetherness, no marriage, you know, no dealing with the different kids. But there is something about when you see something being snuffed out before he even has a chance to start or grow. Something beautiful, something yeah. pure, like Sharon D says. We always get miffed when we see something that doesn't... was it. That's like a failure to launch. We want to see that thing grow at least for a little while, like Carl. That <laughs> we could be okay with him leaving, but not like Nick. Nick is a different. See, the, I always like to compare those two deaths because Nick, you know, in a sense, was almost like a, a failure to launch. You know, like there is something about he was just almost there. He's almost at a point to which he was finding some sort of balance, and he was taken away from us. Carl, on the other hand, there was a lot of Zen with Carl. You know, before he left, and we were okay with him leaving in a weird way, in some respects, even. Though it hurts and it's hard
1: speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs>
0: No but what I mean is what I mean is when you see a character reach maybe the pinnacle of their development like as far as they're going to go to reach this is this is something that the some of the critics like to remind us every once in a while is that the reason why maybe Carl had to go was he found a way to be okay with what had happened to him to feel like he was the monster then move past it and forgive himself and and try to make good of the bad things he's done and then you see that in Negan and him and those blessings kind of get passed on to Negan in a way where Carl is- Essentially, you could say Rick ended all that war, but it was really Carl. The idea of Carl finding the balance ahead of Rick and Negan was what won all that war. And so the reason why I bring that up is because it, there's a lot of that interplay going on here, except June figures it out right away. I like that we don't have to lose people. <laughs> to To lose yourself. You don't have to lose people to lose all-out war or to figure out what all-out war meant. And it feels like those vibes are happening, but the all-out war it doesn't have to be between our gang and Ginny's people. Sometimes we have to band together to fight the whispers, let's say. So Charity says, from the few episodes of Madison and Travis that I've seen, they seem like a strong couple. Yes, and then you'll eventually see not a rift, but you'll see the differences in, in approach and opinions and paragons and the complicated relationship they have with themselves and each other, which is why I think eventually people either hate or love Madison because of how complicated she is and how uncomplicated Travis can be or seem to. <laughs> yeah, seem. Well, I mean, he's even the same part with Travis. Is, it's not nearly as com- is confusing or complicated as Madison. Yeah. Travis but. himself
1: might not be so complicated. I guess I was thinking more like Chris. Like oh, Chris. yes. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. He's the complicated part
0: of mine. Right. That's funny. Like There was an article that mentioned, or I think it was a Reddit article, is that... Uh, this is the same way I feel about Shane, is that once, once we're in the rear view, we realize Shane wasn't all that... Not bad. What I'm saying is Shane isn't all that hard to figure out, you know? No. It's a shame that he didn't... He was ahead of his time, but it's a shame that he couldn't express himself to get other see his point of view. It's the same thing as Chris, though, in a way. I feel the same way about him in the in the rear view, is that there's something that he got that other people did not get, that you have to, the way you have to be, and it's unfortunate that he was a teenager, you know, when all that happened, which really gives me a, a, a very interesting perspective on the kids of Walking Dead World Beyond. <laughs> And and how they're getting an education too, but it's not the school of hard knocks that Chris had to go through. This trauma of seeing his mom die, you know, it's rough, you know, and it's not the same.
1: I wish just I wished that Chris's mom stuck around longer than Madison, <laughs> but I'm just a big fan of the actress, so.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodriguez, what's her name? Elizabeth Rodriguez. Yeah.
1: I can't. I can't think of her. I can't think of the actress's name, but she was. Um, on she orange was on New black. black. She was Leda. <laughs> it's
0: great. It's great. And I love yep. That
1: character. When I saw her on Fear, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to love this character. And then boom, I'm like,
0: what? And then like, I instantly hate her. She is such a bitch.
1: <laughs> oh, I loved her. I loved her. Uh, okay. <laughs> just has a different character in mind, right? Like, do you do that? Like, when you recognize somebody as a different character and you love that character, you're going to love this character no matter what they do, right? Because oh, you have this God. different. You have this different role in your head. I do that a lot. A lot.
0: Matt Frewer.
1: Yeah, Done. There you That's go. it. That's the influence.
0: Uh <laughs> oh, and just like remember, and just like Scott adds it from the last mm-hmm. episode, like you, you had this baked in idea of how you wanted this person to live, if he is alive or not alive. That sucks. And I
1: try, try not to do that, but I just can't help it. And and to be fair, to be fair, to be um, fair, I think <laughs> there are some actors who get typecast, right? And so when you see actors in a certain role, it's like okay, they generally take on this type of character so I'm gonna assume that that this is the same right
0: yeah when people play
1: yeah Yeah, and which sucks which sucks but usually bad guys they're gonna play a bad guy across the board usually Mm. Mm. but not all look at um okay John Lithgow there's a good example he's Mm you know, the guy next door, but when he plays bad roles, it is like extra scary. He's somebody that I wouldn't try to pin down what his character character is in anything because he's a wild card. Yeah.
0: Right? Even Colby. Colby's kind of like that too. She's played, she's played, you know, kind of finicky characters, but she's never really played an all that bad character until just now,
1: mm-hmm. you know, as far as See, I can but- tell. That's a good choice to take someone that the viewers might see as a good guy and then turn them into a villain. Cause it's not what we're expecting. I like that. I love yeah. that. Jeffrey D. Morgan is sort of like that, right? Like he's always been walking dead for me that I didn't know Jeffrey D. Morgan before walking dead, but I have since gone back and watched supernatural. And so most people would recognize JDM as John Winchester, right? Who's not a bad guy. He's a father and has kids and a family man. And so to see JDM play. Negan, it's like whoa, totally different role for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, for some be- yeah, and yeah, I guess he doesn't typically play dickheads, <laughs> but he's so good at it. <laughs> Except in Sliders, when I f- that's the first role I knew him as. Like he was, he played a bad guy in Sliders. Oh I think that, The episode I think was called El Cid. but yeah, if you ever watched that episode, yeah, he's a he's a shitheel, leather jacket, the whole thing. It's like <laughs> neat. It's like we predicted Negan all the way back then
1: do get pigeonholed like that. They do. He's a friend of the family, but I you know, I call him Uncle Matt, you know, Matt Matthew Glave. Um if you saw him in The Wedding Singer. Like he unfortunately this man, he always gets cast as like this dickish this a- asshole. asshole. Like <laughs> so good at playing this role, which is hilarious because it is the complete opposite of his true personality. Like he's probably one of the nicest, most sweetest people I've ever met in my life, but he just, he plays this asshole role so well. And so when you see him in something, like I I know, I know what character it's going to be. Like he's going to be that cocky asshole because he does it well.
0: (laughs) And some people just look like assholes, right? Like I just saw I just saw like a one of those kind of hallmarky movies. It wasn't a hallmark movie per se, but with um the guy that played Ron Anderson, but he was playing a good guy, which is which really wrecked with my perceptions.
1: Yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It, it, like, you were like, whoa, right?
0: And yet, he is the lead role in a, in a, I think it's a show. It is a show, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like Lily, something Max and Lily or something like that. I can't remember his name. Is Dylan Lily? I can't remember exactly what it was. It it was on Netflix. Yeah. He plays this, like, this protagonist. Like, and it's hard for me to break out of that idea of him being any other, anything other than Ron Anderson. So, hard, very difficult. Oh, and Nisa's perfect. Yeah. When I heard JDM was going to play Negan, I thought of, of course, it's the comedian. That, it's another perspective, you know. Yeah, he the, John. So the comedian is a character from the Watchmen movie.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, I have yeah. heard. Okay,
0: and he was maximum dickhead, you know. So,
1: <laughs> so but as, was he a bad in that movie? Uh, I I haven't seen.
0: Well, the thing about the Watchmen is, it's like, it's there's the cynic take on the superhero is that mm, sometimes they're not all it, it's cracked up to be. They are just as messed up as we are, and. <laughs> Yeah, and Nisa says, top-level asshole. Like, he was essentially a what would somebody would ostensibly say is a good guy but if you really found out how bad he was like okay napalm in uh, in vietnam and and hurting people hurting innocent people and raping somebody i don't think it, they quite refer to it that way in the movie but he essentially rapes another character and produces another character that we see years down the line another superhero nice. essentially so yeah very complicated character very complicated character but mm, more or less they call him the comedian because he makes jokes and some of them are okay. not good
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. You know, and I and I agree. Like I'm definitely hopeful. I wasn't crying in this episode because I thought John and June would never see each other again or like that wasn't that's not where my tears were coming from. It was just heart wrenching to watch him drive this way and them drive that way and like look at what yeah, watching his face like To
0: say that he would follow but didn't. And just like June just like June had said, you know, and then as soon as we're done, I'm gonna you know, we're gonna go together, we're gonna go to the cabin together, and then she doesn't do it. And just like John you know, says, Oh, I'll follow you, and he doesn't do it. Do it
1: yeah. Which
0: also gives me hope, also, because they're both doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> Do you think? Do you think June was watching in the rearview mirror? I mean, she knew where that fork was. He he said it to her right before they took off. You know, forks five miles up. We can just go left. They can go right, or or we'll go right. They'll go left. Do you think she was watching her the mirror? Uh,
0: you know, I I don't think so. Okay. I'm pre- I'm fairly certain that I don't think so because when you're you know this from driving, right? Like when you're behind a truck at a certain distance, you they the truck can't see you. And oh, okay. And I think even I think she even said right, you know, follow us closely or something like that. Meaning, yeah, I think she said something like I'm, that.
1: I Thought it was especially interesting that june rode with john to tank town but then she was she got on the truck and left with sarah wendell and lucy i assume you know but she, would-
0: she she had to she had to it- because she had to observe her patient oh okay
1: so she stayed with will. okay okay thank you thank you i was looking for some reason that she rode with them and not john okay yeah. that makes sense and she truly believed him, didn't she sharon D? when he said i'll be right behind you she believed him
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and i think just like he believed her when she finally because she didn't answer him immediately when he said we need to go you know mm-hmm. we'll get some jerry cans and blah 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 she didn't answer him right away until she started seeing the devastation she came back to him she said okay we'll take the Jerry, you know we'll go and i'm gonna take you and god and blah, blah 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 yeah so i don't know it's very interesting i kind of want to see a time jump i want to see a time uh, jump where the hospital is built
1: oh okay well you know? okay i i assume they would find a structure already standing and then just move shit in right or are you think oh, that's it yeah st- structure building
0: i don't know yeah that's it's good yeah i i'm gonna i think it's gonna be great to see how they how they do this
1: i do hope they get a hospital up and running i think it's important for any community
0: yeah oh now sharon turning against june <laughs> She's she's caught up in the hospital. She was oblivious to John. Uh-oh, she's gonna start hating June. Oh no, yeah. okay, she's being factual. Okay, I got worried for a second. What do you want from me? <laughs> like, listen, I'm worried for you. I'm not worried you know, about you. I'm worried for you. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But you'll be okay. You're a person. Always team you. That's always right, you. Okay, there you go. That's, that's what I want to hear. But, you know, don't get some resentment. Don't get resentful. It's going to come back around. I promise you. Yeah. What if I don't... What if it doesn't... I don't fulfill that promise. Okay, will you ever trust me again? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll I'll be the I'll be the focus of your ire. That's that's <laughs> half my job. Make you hate me. So this way you don't have to hate other people. <laughs> so with that everybody, thank you for joining us on this lovely journey. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely splendid. You know? I couldn't imagine a better day to spend with, with people than crying all day. Um Rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash Dead. Five stars on the an eggplant. Tell us everything that we need to do. Helps us tremendously. But if you'd like to write us more, tell us what we're doing wrong, tell us what we're doing right, what you like about the show the most, please do so. It helps us a lot. And if you really, really enjoy what we're doing, head over to ko-fi.com, set up an account, and then follow us at coffeecom ficom slash Dead. And if you really do like what we're doing, you're enjoying the early access to the unedited episodes, which you will get for free, regardless of whether or not you follow us, but if you follow us, you'll know when they drop. Until November 22nd, which is just next next week, you should be able to get early access to our unedited episodes for free uh, as soon as this recording is done, and you'll be able to enjoy it from now instead of Thursday when we edit them down and then drop them on streaming platforms like YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Instagram, etc. If you really, really, really like us, you can buy us a coffee on ko-fi.com. When you do, you'll get 30 days of access to our supporter-backed content of which 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 the main two things are, you can join us in the chat and lend your opinions. Tell us immediately what you're liking about what, what you're saying. Your input will shape this show. So you'll be able to join us during these recording sessions, and you'll also be able to get a copy of the unedited episode recordings immediately through the same post. If you subscribe to a coffee, the party will just keep on rolling, and you'll be able to support a podcast that you love very much. Remember to like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things that help us out moving forward and uh, i guess with that thank you for joining us and we'll be seeing you in the next uh, walking dead world beyond thank you so much enjoy yourselves we'll see you in the next one and really do hope you've liked what you've watched or listened to take care everybody bye